Oh, what was that? <laughs> what was that? What exactly was I that? Get it. I can't get excited. <laughs> Look, not like that. I got sound effects. <laughs> Woohoo! Anthony, you sound like you were skydiving, bro. <laughs> what is that? I think I just hit a pillboy doorway. Uh, <laughs> he done got mighty dark. <laughs> From Brooklyn. <laughs> they had diversity department. They said you have to go with the culture, Black Lives Matter. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. That's I, why. I, so, the Pillsbury Doughboy is black now? Listen. African American. <laughs> I thought the Pillsbury Doughboy from has, Brooklyn was that year. He has no gender. No gender. Oh, God. Oh, let's not Whoa, go there. Okay. That's okay. Whole, you know, the podcast. That's a whole other episode. You know what? We're getting off task. Like, oh, let man. me bring us because Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Anthony over here making sound Yo, effects. We need to get God <laughs> back in the center of we this have conversation. A All right. Let me, I'm going to start this off. Um, dear Heavenly Father, God, we just want to say thank you so much for yet another day. Thank you for our guest. Uh, who has graced us with her knowledge uh, to help us to discuss this really poignant topic. Uh, God, I pray also for just anybody that is listening. We pray that we don't offend anyone. Mm. We pray for the hearts and the minds of the people that are listening, God, because our job is not to offend anyone, but to discuss these topics and to really figure out how we can come up with a resolve and to really to just get the encourage people and to be love and to connect people to what they need uh to get to the help whether it be the encouragement the the uh the church the the prayer that they need the friends whatever that we could do to aid our community we want to do that to our village uh, to the people, anybody that's listening to this just for the first time, if you're listening to this for the first time, God bless you. Um, we thank you and we pray that the conversation uh, just flows and we thank you for every single word that is spoken. Thank you for our engineer, Ernest, and thank you for the way this conversation is going to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. brother. <laughs> Welcome to Top Shelf, where we seek truth, opinion, perspective, and we seek solutions. I like that. Welcome to Top <laughs> Shelf. <laughs> it's a party. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we have a special guest in the building she is you know a friend of mine and she goes to an amazing church come on queen she is a saint (laughs) from saints church um she is just amazing and licensed therapist Miss mm. Heidi Hurtado. She went to a school. She went to a, she went to a school. school. Well, she went to a whole school. A whole school. <laughs> a whole school. What's up, y'all? How's everybody doing? Hey. Good, good, good. Thank you for inviting hey. me Thank here. you for joining us to, to have here. this amazing conversation. Thank you and, so and, much. And Heidi, let, let our, can you let our village know where, where you from? Where are you from? Where were you raised and born? Um, That's a great question. So uh, I'm Dominican. I was born in DR, mm. raised in New York. 
Shout out to all my Dominicans. We share an island, you know. You know, I'm Haitian, so you know we share an island, you know. Hispaniolas, you know, shout out. Let's get it. That's right. And so by way of uh where you uh you was raised in New York? Yeah, raised in New York, Brooklyn, Queens. This is this is home. Hey, let's get it. Let's get it. She's a BQE. That's it. So you know, for me. you know, since Heidi is our guest, I want to I want to introduce her to the top show. Okay. And what we normally do is we do a mental check in. Mm. And so on a scale of one to ten, we want to know. I'm gonna start with my brother Jeff. How are you feeling today mentally? Mentally? I think I got a a, a sense of w- what's about to happen. So no surprise. Um, <laughs> ten. Oh. ten, 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 really? Ten, oh, ten, ten, ten. Now I'm ten good. All episodes. <laughs> I'm ten for ten, man. You exactly. Know, can I say okay. now? I'm I'm a ten. I'm a ten because you know I'm blessed <laughs> to be with my brothers, to be with this lovely guest, to have this amazing conversation, and you know I've just been having a great week. You know, having a great week. So I'm a ten. Okay, Anthony, how are you mentally? Yo, I'm doing good, man. Mm-hmm. I'm a slight eight, but I'm also a wannabe a 10. Mm. But I'm an eight right now. Mm. Um, how come? Because I'm still in the process of, do I like my job? <laughs> Yo, why does that like another episode? <laughs> yeah, that is. Yo, coming, season three. Like, do damn. I like my job? <laughs> no, but... I hope your job not listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them never um, listen. HR? <laughs> exactly. Either my freedom of speech. Because yeah. it is going to be. Do I like being unemployed? <laughs> exactly. That's the next episode. Do you like your benefits? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, nah, but honestly, like, I'm educated by heart, so I love my kids, but just mm. the job in itself um, is interesting for me. Okay. Um, as, a, as a black educator, when you step into a, an environment that mm-hmm. doesn't look like you, mm-hmm. Or feel like you, yeah. you begin to have imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. and when you begin to have this syndrome, you're like, "Am I good enough? Do right. I belong in this environment?" Right. Um, I think that's what's going on in my head when I step in this environment. So, okay. the other environment was beautiful; it felt like me. But one thing that that environment was, it was comfortable. Mm-hmm. This environment is uncomfortable. Mm. So yes, I'm. I'm saying, do I like my job? But this job is teaching me skills. And I love I it, man. For my next chapter, mm-hmm. HR. I said chapter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But honestly, I would say eight. Uncomfortable okay. is good. Eight is good. Change. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not you bad. Two away from ten. <laughs> yeah. Eight <laughs> plus two. Ocho. That's all. Ocho. <laughs> so I, I want to shift it over to uh, the woman in the room, Heidi. How? Are you where you, where you at mentally today on a scale of one to ten? You know what? I'm doing I'm doing well. You know, I came from church, feeling blessed, <laughs> excited to be here. That's it. Um, with an amazing group of people, you know, black men, which is, you know, <laughs> we do you know, can't we help do. it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> black intellectual man. Intellectual hey, man. Look, okay. Handsome man. Oh, wait, nothing much. <laughs> Um, well, Janelle, I, <laughs> come get your man. Ernest, uh, uh, you can edit that part right there, please. Yeah. Yeah, sir. <laughs> what, what would your number be? My number, I would say like eight to nine, you know? Eight to Ooh. nine. Oh, 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 shoot. Proverbs and Psalms. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep it, keep it light. Uh, yeah. No, not Kaden Abel. Yeah, he's Sorry. crazy. This episode. I, I need more Bible study. Uh, he's stupid. Uh, I love you, Anthony. He went to Everest uh, Bible School. That's it. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I went to Vacation Bible School." That's right. Uh, so for me, that would look like a nine. I uh, definitely a nine. Just, uh, just because I feel like things are everything is in alignment mm. at the moment, and uh, I'm just looking forward to what God is going to do in the next step because it's just feeling like everything's elevating. Uh, and yeah, I'm ready for the holidays. Looking forward to that food. Shoot, mm. waiting for my wife to throw down that turkey, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Shout out to Sabina, man. Because that turkey, you remember Anthony? Oh, yeah. You remember Jeff? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know if y'all was there, but Ooh. that turkey the sound effect is coming back. <laughs> tur- Look, let me tell you, the, tur- the turkey was so good, I turned around, it was gone. Like, <laughs> Uh, no joke. I was like, dang. And we didn't run God. away. It's in somebody's belly. Exactly. Picked clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but yeah, man. So we we're getting ready for the holidays, yeah. right? Mm. Holidays are about what? Family. Mm. So getting ready for the holidays and family. Let me ask you guys, do you have any anxiety when it comes to the holiday at all? So or course. just like with family? But like, uh, did, do you feel like there's uh, expectations, like when it comes to that with family? I would say in the holidays. I would say for me, um, fortunately no. <laughs> fortunately no. Usually when it comes to holidays, like we, so with my family, we're big on holidays. So we're big on Thanksgiving. We're big on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Big on New Year's. Like this time of year is is it's used for us because we have. My birthday, my mom's birthday. Mm. Um, we have my dad's birthday, my sister's birthday, and then we have Thanksgiving. We have Christmas, so it's like we. It's always like a big family affair, like a joyous like event. Like my parents, like they'll decorate the whole house with the Christmas tree, the Christmas lights, and all that stuff. <clears throat> we'll have like a big Thanksgiving dinner, and it's always been like that. So, um, for me, I've been very, very much blessed where. There is no um, anxiety. It, if anything, it's just excitement. Like, I, I, I look forward to this time of year every year. And what about you, Ant? Do you feel like there's uh, any uh, expectations that come up in anxiety for you? I think when I was in my 20s, when I didn't have a real job, <laughs> like coming home or had to depend on my dad for a ride or stuff like that. But now that I'm, I have a career, mm. I have a job, that expectation is not like, oh, the son comes home, right. but he don't has have anything. Mm. So now right. that I'm like, my my wife has a career, I have a career. Right. I'm doing the shit. Put <laughs> 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 myself with a paddle back. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I'm able to provide. Okay. Um, I think as every young man, or they want to be like that. The dad says, "Good job." Still. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that for me right there is I'm able to provide now. And um, so I'm shifted over to Heidi. Heidi, do you have any, uh, do you love holidays? You like holidays? Do you feel like there's any anxiety for you that comes up with think, family in, their, yeah. in holidays? Um, I think I, I love the holidays. I love to eat. <laughs> I don't know about cooking, but I love to eat. 
<laughs> so I show up. But yeah. I know what I do to Um, but I love the holidays. I know that it is a time um that can be difficult for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I know, like I've noticed uh where I work, you know, in my line of work as a therapist, that uh you see a lot of people, you have more people um starting the intake process, starting to mm. reach out and call the clinic wow. around this season wow. of the holidays. Because although it's a beautiful time, and it is, right? For yeah. a lot of families. Okay. But th- but uh, for some people, there can be grief, mm. right? For some people, uh, people are, like, let's say, if people don't have a job, are thinking about the future. Okay, what's going to happen next year? Uh-huh. What, you know, what sense. do I need to do? Absolutely. Um, now, you know, so there's, I think, you know, it, it brings up a lot of anxiety, grief, sadness, you know, yeah. uncertainty for a lot of people. Absolutely. Wow. I'm, I'm one of those people, though, that love the holidays. I just yeah. don't like uh, the uh, extra, the extraness. Like, what I mean is, like, there's always, like, Okay, we having Thanksgiving at this person's house, and then be like, mm-hmm. okay, but why can't we have it at my house? Oh, and then man. it's like, oh, but 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 oh, but I'm, I always bring the turkey every year. Oh, yeah. they doing the potato salad. <laughs> I can't believe they doing the potato salad. Oh, oh sweet potato pie. Nobody bringing pie. Oh, they left with they left with five plates this year. Five plates, five plates this year. But only one kid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You talk about this man man plate. You know what I'm saying? But. I respectfully, think, respectfully, respectfully. <laughs> I think that's the thing that causes me to panic a little because yeah. I feel like it should be streamlined. Like, like if we everybody agree that we're like last year when we did the Friendsgiving, everybody agreed on what they was going to bring. Uh-huh. We brought it. We knew the space that we were going to be in, mm-hmm. and we had a great time. We ate, mm-hmm. we drank, we mm-hmm. we were married, and I'm like, if things could be streamlined like this, I'm good with it. I hate when things just get all out of whack and get unorganized. I think that's what makes this panic rising. Because I'm a person that, like, if you tell me it's going to be at a person's house at that time Uh and I got to bring that, that's where I'm set in. I'm locked into that. Yeah. Don't change anything. Don't change it. For real. Because five minutes later, you tell me bring bring plates. (laughs) That. And then another thing is like, okay, it was in Brooklyn. Now it's in the Bronx. (laughs) I'm like, oh no, nah, I ain't going to the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. Oh, nothing against to the people in the Bronx. I love y'all. Shout out to the Bronx. 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 Shout out to my boy Jesus. But it's just that it's one of those things where I feel like they everybody's different. All right. Yeah. Um, and then when we think about family, right? Um, on that level, right? Um. Is there anything like when family gets together that's a trigger for you? Mm-hmm. That's like that button. If if we're talking about family, we talk about holidays, we talk about anxiety. Heidi gave us the other piece of it where it's like during the, some people associate holidays with anxiety, panic. But if we, what's the panic button? The trigger when you get around family. If we honest. Mm-hmm. When they actually, when are you going to have kids? Mm. Wow. That's a like, shut the F up right. for me. Okay. Um, it's really in the perspective of trying to like, now that you're married, this mm-hmm. is the next step. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What if I just want to enjoy my wife? Mm. Like, no one asks me, how are you guys doing mentally? 
there's like this lat ladder, like, okay, you're married now. Okay. Wife. Okay. Kids. Okay. Kids house. Mm-hmm. It's like a trajectory, like what you should have yeah, yeah. when it comes to a family. So I think I hate that question with a passion. What about you? What's your drift? If, if you're honest, mm. what, what would you say is that, that, that panic button, that, that trigger for you around your family? And before you answer that, I want to make a disclaimer to anybody. If this is feeling triggering to you at the subject matter, uh, we want to just tell you like, hey, definitely turn, turn it off. Like, uh, we definitely don't want to trigger anybody. We don't want anybody to go down or uh, in terms of what uh, makes you go to a certain place mentally. We don't want to do that to anybody. We want to provide healing and hope and conversation and solutions. So definitely turn it off. And there's another episode right after this. (laughs) (laughs) But if if you still have it on at this moment. Yeah. Enjoy the journey with us. Absolutely. And let's begin to have conversation. Yeah. And break cycles. Healthy Absolutely. So healthy conversation. Jeffrey, if you honest, what's that trigger? What's that panic button when you get around the fam? I don't have one. Mm. And that's me being honest. Um, because when it comes to the holidays, like it's normally just the same circle of family members, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And we all just vibe and just get along and have a good time. Like there is no, and that's why I said, fortunately mm-hmm. earlier on that I've been very forced. Cause I know this is not everybody's experience, right? especially when it comes to the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, but for mine, I've been very blessed where we don't have that. Like, so I don't have a trip. Like it's, we, everyone is looking forward to it. Like I'm going to Florida for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pick up my daughter and, you know, Joanne's going with me as well. And it's, my parents are super excited. The one I was like, yo, we're coming down to Florida for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And they, they're stoked. They're happy. And my sister, she's happy. My brother's happy. It's great. And it's just that type of vibe every year, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, I'm very blessed. Mm-hmm. And I say that I'm very blessed because I know that's not everyone's experience Mm -hmm. and let me ask you so outside of the holidays if there was somebody so in your in your family Mm. that was to bring up something from the past right how 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 what bag do do you go into like what 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 when i say what bag like what like how do you figure that out for your for for the for your family like they if they were to bring something up and set it on the table and then kind of like everybody's kind of like okay they just brought this up. How do we respond to it? I mean, I think I've gotten to the point because those incidents don't really happen that often, to nope. be quite honest. But if there is, and my family's not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've had my own fair shares of battles and unfortunate and also uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. But I've also gotten to the point where if somebody was to bring up something that, let's say, could be a possible trigger... Um, for me, I just ignore it. Like I don't, I don't allow it to trigger me anymore. I don't mm-hmm. let it bother me anymore because I've gotten to the point in my life where I've healed from it. I I understand that that situation was that situation, right? Got it. And I've been able to overcome that obstacle, that traumatic experience, mm-hmm. whatever how you want to quote unquote define it. Right. So I don't really allow things. <laughs> To trigger me in that sense. Okay. 
um, to the point where it's like I'm upset or I'm angry or I'm I'm reacting in my flesh versus in my spirit. Mm-hmm. I've learned to give grace to those who have hurt me. I've learned to mm-hmm. give grace to those who I felt should have been there for me right. as far as a sense of protection okay. or a sense of you're supposed to be like my family member, but you did the opposite and actually hurt me. Hmm. I've learned to give them grace and accept them for who they are and love them from a distance. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, and you know, my family, you know, we've been kind of pretty good at, at this part of it where we know if there's something that is, if there's someone who we, that has caused hurt or maybe just, we know it's not going to be a good vibe. They're not invited. You know what I'm saying? They don't. They don't come to the crib. You know what I'm saying? And don't we don't come to the table. They don't come to the table, and we don't even ha- actually have to say that. I think it's just almost a known thing, um, and so we kind of accept it with it. And I think that's the reason why when it comes to Thanksgiving or or Christmas or these holidays, we just come and have a great time because we know who's supposed to be there is there. Mm. We know we're coming there with the type of attitude and the type of atmosphere and the type of environment that's going to be a loving joyous experience like there's there's we're not gonna there's no drama there's no nothing like that we're gonna have healthy debates we're gonna laugh we're gonna crack jokes you know we're gonna do what what our family does and just have a great time and not deal with any type of drama and if there is going to be any mm-hmm. we shut it down asap okay we're not going to allow it you know what i'm saying because yeah. this is not the time for it. this is not the season for it and quite frankly it's not just the holidays, it's just all throughout like, yo, we're not dealing with this because we're at a point of our lives now that we can't waste precious minutes on things that is, is not going to benefit our future. I love it. I love it. Thank you for answering that, Jeff. And for Heidi, Heidi, do, is there any, uh, if you don't mind me asking, is there anything that you, when you get around your family, is there anything that like, there's a button like you like, oh man, here we go. Like, that will trigger you at all? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, at the moment, I can't really think of one. I'm sure there might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe like in every family communication, mm. if there's miscommunication about something or if an assumption is made about something or if, if a person feels um, that they can um, speak for you about something, you know, that I would say that can be not just with, within family, but in, in all relationships, I would say that might be like a little something that would possibly annoy me. But um, but the the key is communicating. Right. The key is being able to clearly say, hey. You know, I felt blank when you said this, this that's, you know, and that actually recently happened with a family member that I'm close to. And I said, hey, wow, that. I felt really, I felt, I felt uncomfortable when you said that. And we were able to speak about it and actually come to like a resolve. So with that, you held them accountable for what was said. Correct? Right. Right. That's lovely. Yeah. Like uh, in my family, I feel like it's past. It's always the past. Anytime somebody brings up the past, it's like a hurt to it because there, there's always this thing that just hasn't been said. like or stuff that we know like as me and my little sister as we're getting older we're finding out stuff about our family and because we were the youngest too we were like we found out everything last so it's like 
And, you know, and our older siblings are like, oh, you knew that. Stop playing. And I'm like, no, we didn't. And that, and we have to dissect how we feel about it. That's the harder part is because it's like, oh, we never knew that happened, you know? Um, so in certain, in family, with family, there are certain secrets um, that mm -hmm. families keep uh, in order to kind of like, because it hurts sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's a hurt behind it. It may be a, a, like a pain or they don't feel like there's, there's a shame. Mm -hmm. um, there, a lot of uh, families keep secrets or are not honest because they don't feel like they need to be. <laughs> Some of them, I can say that for my family, it's like sometimes they don't feel like they need to be at the moment until a later date. Um, like for, so the subject matter at hand is like, if we're talking about something and we're about to go deep, so everybody get ready. Uh, if we're talking about molestation, right. Um, within our community. So if we're talking about that, me, I have never been a victim of this myself. Uh, I definitely have friends that I know, uh, and I've had other family members that have been victims of it, but I can't say that I myself have been a victim and my heart goes out to anybody listening that has been a victim or know somebody who, that has been a victim. Uh, my prayers and my heart goes out to you. Um, I think the hardest part is kind of being like hearing, being the second person in that and kind of like trying to help them through it. Right. Because nobody can, nobody can train you to really, in, unless you are in your field, Heidi. Um, and, but as a person who's a friend, trying to talk to their friend about it, it, it it's one of those things that is a, a, really, a really hard thing, especially when it's happening so young, right? And it's yeah. with somebody that you trusted. And it's and, and it's somebody in power or if it's somebody that you believe in, you know, or that you trust and you trust and it's or it's somebody in your family who you like. They would never that who you're supposed to trust. Mm -hmm. It could be somebody that you like. They would never hurt me or do that to me. You know, you could watch these things on television, movies, all these different things and hear about it. But you never think that. Um, And if we speculate and we know what it sometimes it's not as general as we think it looks right it's not as just like oh they rubbed my shoulders that time or they tried to do this it can be more subtle than that it can be a dialogue con <clears throat> a conversation that this person is constantly having with you to make you feel unsafe uh it can be it, it could be suggestions that somebody's making it could be your boss making these suggestions and these are just some of the signs that i was like kind of reading about like it can be just as light as that to start you know and uh just taking advantage of someone um in your expertise um heidi i want to ask when you deal with uh uh people that have been through this type of trauma um, is there, is there a certain approach that you take with them or is there, a, um, how, how, do, how do you, how do you go into handling people who have dealt with this type yeah. of trauma? 
Yeah. So I would say the first step, um, it takes time to trust, period, right? It takes time to trust uh, in any type of relationship. And then there's the therapeutic relationship where, you know, you're ex- you don't know what to expect when you sit down in front of this professional, right? This counselor. And I'm sure, I mean, I, I've had uh, counseling myself. I've had therapy myself. So I can understand the other side, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting on the other side of the chair and thinking, oh my goodness, if I say this thing, what are they going to think of me? What mm-hmm. are they going to, you know, I, I feel embarrassed about this. I feel ashamed. Like mm-hmm. I've never shared this with anyone. I don't know how I'm going to respond when I bring this up right. in therapy. I don't know if I'm going to start crying, if I'm going to start like feeling really upset. Right. So um, something I, I say to all of my clients is, um, you know, I'm going to go at your pace and you're the expert to mm. your life. Mm. I have, like you know, I have a background, right? I have my, you know, my background in, in mental health and my understanding of mental health, but only that person really knows what they've gone through and what, what that impact had in their life, right? Because maybe um, people who have been, um, uh, you're in the same family, right? Two siblings in the same family, but might've had with the same, prob- possibly, you know, the same mother and father or possibly, you know, a blended family or whatever. Um, but they might have had a completely different experience mm. of yeah. of the family di- within the family dynamics, okay. or similar experience. So mm. um, it takes time to trust. Right. So that's the first thing that I work on. Just like letting the person, you know, uh, as they feel more comfortable, right. letting them know when it's time to open up about certain things. I love it. So, in like, for example, I've been working, I'm thinking about one specific client. I've been working with her for about maybe three years. Wow. And now, I mean, I've been in the field for over seven years, right? But like this specific <gasps> client, she's, uh, we've been working together for about three years. And it's now that she's sharing very deep stuff that she had never shared before. Wow. Um, After three years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, but that's, but she was ready now. This is when she was ready to share. Um, and I think sometimes uh, a person might slowly uh, share, like, let me start with this thing. Right. Let's see how, how the therapist will respond to that. Yeah. And then they see, you know, oh, they, they didn't make fun of me. They didn't make me feel like maybe uh, another person made me feel when I brought this up, you mm-hmm. know, or they didn't reject me. Um, so then they start gradually sharing deeper and deeper things. So trust, wow. developing a trusting therapeutic relationship. That's so they the give you thing. like breadcrumbs before they get to the group, the meal, right? Right. Oh, wow. right. It wow. takes time. And so that, you know, understanding that is key, really important. Um, so I, I want to just start with one of my questions I had. Um, why do you think that we find so much comfort in denial when it comes to this subject matter? Um, we're talking about yeah. the subject matter of of uh, like when when we're talking about uh, trauma with molestation and everything okay, specifically. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's such a delicate uh, topic, mm. you know. Okay. So it's easier, I think, um, especially if it happened early on, like in childhood. Mm-hmm. You just you just uh, you know after you've experienced something like that, you know, depending on the time frame, right? But 
I think you just try to uh, get through your day to day and try to survive. So sometimes you find ways to kind of numb the pain. Mm. You know, you find ways to put it in the back burner, forget about it, distract right. yourself. So um, it's easier to, you know, denial, I would say, is, is like a defense mechanism. It's a form of protecting yourself, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's, it's a way of, like, protection and safety, but it's not healthy. That was fire. It's not healthy because, I, like, the way I, I've used this illustration, right, when you think about a beach ball, right, mm-hmm. when you're at the beach, and you, let's say you take this beach ball to the water, and you try and... You, you set yourself the challenge of trying to, um, like, keep it under the water. Yeah. You can only keep it under the water for so long. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? It always is going to come up, right? It's always going to come to the it. surface of the water. That's bars. If you don't mind, I'm going to start using that. Yeah, yes. sure. So, um, so when That's we try to suppress, movie. when we try to suppress the, mm. the, the issue... It's always going to come up one way or another. Mm. If if we do it, um, if we try to deal with it and heal from it, then it'll you'll be able to communicate about it in a healthy way, right? But if if we try to suppress it mm. for different reasons, right? Sometimes in society, it's frowned upon, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm, I'm among a group of men, and like it's frowned upon, unfortunately, or it has been frowned upon to talk about feelings, right? But I love Anthony that you just you you were sharing about your, your your own experiences or like being a professional and experiencing imposter syndrome, which is such a normal thing, right? But especially among people of color, it we feel weird in spaces in certain types of spaces that we don't mm. we might not feel welcome in or yeah. like we belong. That leads me to my my question. Ooh, sure, sure. Fire. Go ahead. How do you know when you're getting molested when it's the culture of your hood? Slash church, slash church, mm-hmm. to get the the baddest or the old shorty, and it becomes a game. Can you elaborate? Tell so me a little bit more. Basically, I'm 16, and the individual is at an older, for mental wise, mm-hmm. they're at an older, like 50 or 40. But for you, you're thinking like, this is a part of the culture. So how do you now... Realize that when you get to an older age, around 25, 27, that, wait, this 40-year-old or 50-year-old, they molested me. How do you begin to have that conversation? How do you begin to have the conversation, like, for yourself? yourself? Yeah. That's, it's, sometimes it, it happens when, like, let's say we were talking about being in denial. Sometimes if it's been suppressed for so long, you might experience a trigger. And then you might have an emotional reaction, right? And say, whoa, what's that? What was that about? Why, why did I respond in this way? Or why have I been feeling this way lately? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in, in sessions, I'll ask the client um, if there was a, a, an emotional reaction where it's not that it's irrational, but it's uh, the, the level of intensity of emotional reaction to, to something similar if you haven't been triggered, what might not be the same mm. intensity. So it's important. I, I like to ask, like, um, try to explore what's been going on. Or sometimes uh, if the person was molested during a specific season or time of the year, or mm. there's something that might um, remind them in that time of the year wow. to, to, to wow. something, a certain... It's a fact. Right? Brain? 
a Ooh. certain situation, a certain smell, a certain t- oh, time of the year. Or anything like that. Yeah. Mm. So um, it's important mm. to explore what were like the, the associations that were made in that time. And um, if the person is at, at that place where they um, come to the understanding, oh, wait, this, I experienced abuse or I experienced molestation. Um, it's definitely important to share with someone that mm-hmm. you trust or speak with a professional. Right. From counselor. your expertise, mm-hmm. that person is still on the journey with us. How do you define this word, molestation? How do you define it in your word, in your expertise? Molestation. Because the only reason why I ask that question is because yeah. sometimes you don't even know that this is happening. And then when you get older, you're like, oh, Sam, this happened to me. This right. action, someone took advantage of my agency of my body. And now I feel some way. Because the trauma can now happen as an adult. Not as a child, because you think this is part of human nature or this is part of the environment. But then when you get older, it's like, wait, that's not a part of it. Actually, that, inverse, actually, that indiv- individual was taking advantage of me. So that's why I want to make sure we define it so we could continue the conversation. Yeah. So I would understand molestation as being inappropriately touched. Or like, um, yeah, I would say an interaction and a sexual, some sort of sexual interaction. um, And sexual doesn't mean that you had sex with the person, right? Some sort of sexual interaction where um, there was uh, inappropriate touching. Um, Sometimes it might have been with consent or without consent, like you were sharing. Um, It's possible that the person in that time didn't have the understanding and possibly consented to something that they weren't aware mm. that was actually molestation. And then later on. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so. Wait, you said something else really. Interesting. Sure. You said it could be content. Consent. Consent. Consensual. First. Then when you get older, you're like, wait, that wasn't. Right. Mm. Wow. And there, there, that, that's there can real. Be, there can be confusion there. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. So, um, wow. So how do you now, wow. as a as a parent, I got to close my eyes because okay. as a parent, talk to a child or build a conversation in, in the home. We talked about home just a while ago. Right. In regards of what it would look like and what should it look like? Or how would it, how do you feel in this process? Because Sometimes we don't have that conversation because we have to, quote unquote, we don't know the difference between should we tell our parents or should we pray as a child? So how do you now build those language for this child? And it's like, I'm going through this at this moment, but now I don't know what to do. So I feel embarrassed. I feel like um, if I go left, are they going to listen to me? If I go right. I, I don't know because they might think it's because of me. So what do you do as a child? As a child. So, so I want you to talk to the person that's, a, that's listening to this right now. Yeah. And it's like, I feel it at this moment. And I'm a child at this moment. I'm thinking of when, I, when that first incident, incident happened. Mm. I first want to say uh, 
you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to tell you that what you experienced is not your fault. Uh, you're not alone. And there is support. There is help that you can receive. Um, I would say Powerful. talk talk to someone that you trust. If you feel that there is no one around you that can that you can trust, um, you can. There are resources, right? You can even we can we can put some resources out there oh, um, in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you can even Google, you know, for support. But uh, trying to think of like specific, even here in New York City, you can. Um, there is a resource called NYC Well. Right. And um, you can Google NYC. Well, um, there's a specific telephone number and you can um, speak to someone. Speak. It's it's available. You can uh, talk right on the phone. You can chat. You can um, text. Uh, so if you don't feel comfortable speaking on the phone about it um, or if you're surrounded by people that you can't really speak on the phone, you mm. can always text or chat um, with someone and ask for support. Um, so there are resources available. You're not alone mm-hmm. um, and you can heal from this. And uh, Heidi, how yeah. does somebody trust again after being taken advantage of so young? Like, because I know it spills into their, their adult life, of course. Okay. Right. But like, how does somebody build trust again? It takes time. It takes time. And it takes first... Um, Doing the work to heal. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to do the work to heal. Um, and that will allow you, right? Because when we haven't healed from these things, um, and we, if we're in denial or if we're having a difficult time to trust, we've built up walls, mm-hmm. right? Um, possibly brick walls, possibly steel walls, right? Mm-hmm. Where you don't want to get hurt again. And that's normal and that's un- completely understandable, right? So first, allowing like yourself to, to do the work to heal. Um, possibly you can start journaling or you can use art, different art forms to express what you're feeling because sometimes words aren't enough, right? So sometimes words, we, you don't have the words right away to, to, to express what you're going through. Um, so um, utilizing different coping resources. As a partner, how do you support your spouse if they're going through this and they're like, I'm here for you, but this has happened for your time. And now, like, you're with this person. How do you support them? Yeah. So as a partner, it's, it's absolutely, I would say, um, it would be helpful for, for the person who experienced um, molestation or sexual abuse to receive individual therapy for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I would... I think that it would be helpful to seek couples counseling. Mm. So Couple that counseling or you pray together. <laughs> you could do both. Okay. Exactly. But 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 when your <laughs> soul when your soul has experienced such hurt, mm-hmm. you like prayer is helpful in your process, but it's very very helpful to have that support from um a trained professional. Mm. Here we go. Love so it. you can go to therapy and pray. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can pray and go to therapy and then go to therapy and then pray some more. Um, but, you that. know, but, but uh, like oftentimes you hear it in churches. No, you. That 
oftentimes we hear in church that, um, you know, just pray about it. You know, don't worry about it. Everything, God, God's going to work it out. But you need, uh, a lot of times we need deeper support than just praying on our own or being prayed for in a church service, you mm-hmm. know? Because you walk out of the church and be like, oh, this still hurt. And still yeah. feel hurt. Yeah. Still yeah. feel broken. Right. Can you say that one more time? So you can walk out, I said you can walk out of a church and still feel like this still hurts. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I I did pray. I took that action, but because sometimes we we search for immediate validation. We want to be validated quickly. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we want to heal quickly. We want all of that. But if and if we don't get that, because we if we don't get that immediately. Uh, then we kind of feel this kind of like this sink. Well, I can speak for myself and say, I feel, I can feel that sinking feeling if I don't get that validation that quick, yeah. right? Um, and so like, if you, like our awesome guest was saying, Heidi was saying that it like, it, if you get that prayer coupled with talking to a licensed professional, you're going to be so much more better. And it's going to be so much, so much greater. You know, you'll learn so much about yourself. Like I, I, I'm going through therapy right now, and it's really helped me to see a whole lot of different things, and um, my wife as well. So it's been, it's been great. Like uh, I really, I really enjoy it. Do you enjoy you enjoy what you do? As being I a love what I do. I love it, and um, I love seeing people heal and grow, mm-hmm. and be able to uh, get to know their authentic self mm. and their purpose. What is your why as a therapist? That's my why, man. That's my why. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> I love, I love when, um, you know, you can see breakthrough in somebody's life. When you can see, like recently, um, I've had a, a client for a very long time, but until this year was when she was able to accept um, what she's gone through, accept her um, decisions and the consequences those decisions have had on her and her family and now she's in a place where she's growing and maturing but it took she was in the in denial for a long time but until she got to that place of like really accepting and embracing even um the diagnosis right um that she has and that's when i've seen growth so that is so rewarding to really see people growing side question yes you're the friend that's a therapist do people come to you all the time and you hate that <laughs> i don't hate it um okay. but i'm learning to set boundaries okay I love so um i i i love like as as a friend who is a therapist um i can't be your therapist right okay. um Conflict but i can provide you right i can provide you resources i can mm. connect you with another therapist mm-hmm. i can you know share some of my background mm-hmm. and you know my expertise to help and support you but i can't provide like weekly therapy sessions that's okay. yeah but let me for ask friends you. or family that is, is you heard that friends or family nah <laughs> nope. go up the check no <laughs> thera free <laughs> no thera free thera flu y'all better pay you know what I'm saying and not just attention <laughs> right and let uh, so for you in a friendship if does it make you feel good to be able to talk and get off your chest with your friends and vent and talk and uh, do you think venting is wise? Good question. To 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 your friends. 
So what is your understanding of venting? So my Ooh, understanding of venting. Oh, she's therapy, yo. Hey, look. Let's get, let's, let's get it. The Bible says. <laughs> he said, before I say what I got to say. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> I got an authority. Okay? No. So. She likes it. From my understanding. like uh, The Bible says only a fool vents, right? So. Uh, from what I've understood is like when you are projecting out how you feel, like literally unedited, telling how you feel at a moment and just literally spilling out on uh, a person. Mm. Uh, that's what I think is venting. You can do it to a person or you can do it alone as well. I think, I think there's a difference between venting and dumping. Emotionally dumping. Mm, that's good. Talk to me nice, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to so, extend it 10 more minutes. <laughs> so I would say venting is you're you're sharing your feelings and sometimes you just need to let it out, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's okay. And but I think before you vent with someone or with a therapist or with a friend, well, with a friend, right? Or family, it's important to ask, hey, are you are you available? I, I need to vent. Um, I need to talk about this. Are you emotionally available for this right Ooh. now? Can you say that one more time? Do you have Are emotional you, uh... capacity right now for oh! me to vent to you? Do you have the emotional Good. intelligence? <laughs> Come on. Right? So, you know, that's important to communicate and see where the person is at, right? I mean, yeah. in therapy, the, the therapist will be there, but... The therapist will also explore if you're always venting and not really exploring. Hey, what's my role in this? Mm. You talking that talk, yeah. Licensed therapist. What's my, what's Good my stuff. role Good in this? Stuff. Right, because a lot of times, sometimes clients can complain, but they're not really seeing the other person's role. Or if if you're complaining about the same thing with different people within different circles, guess who the who the common denominator is in that in that. Yeah. You know? Look, do you got a shovel in your car? Cause it's getting deep. <laughs> I need I need to get deeper. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think what you said as an adult is literally something that we gotta practice <clears throat> when you're venting. Are you capable of handling this handling this information? Because once I give you this information, I can't take it back. Mm. So I'm trusting you that I won't feel rejected when I'm having a conversation with you as my brother or as my sister or as my wife. Mm. Um, Because sometimes she may have a long day of work or talking Mm. to 10 million people. And I'm about to come in like, here's another 10 million of conversations that's in your head. Absolutely. And at this moment, she can't help. Mm -hmm. So. Being okay to say, "Hey, babe, can we talk? Are you mm-hmm. handle that? Are you able to handle that conversation?" That's really good. So, uh, I wanted to say as we as we near to a close, um, what do you what do y'all feel like uh, is a nugget y'all took out of this mm-hmm. conversation that we've had about the secrets we keep? Yeah. Um, I think it's more of be honest with yourself. That's one. But while you're being honest, being able to have authentic conversation Mm -hmm. with the people around you to say, this is how I feel Mm -hmm. at this moment. Mm -hmm. I feel uncomfortable when you share or when you say these things in front of me. And if the person, individual or group is is still doing the same thing Mm -hmm. at this moment, that environment has outgrown you. 
and you might not mm-hmm. be able to be in that environment because exactly. it's a triggering environment for you. Mm-hmm. I think when you begin to audit yourself, yeah. you begin to understand, yeah, I'm okay to stay by myself because I'm the shit. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the shit, I want to make sure mm-hmm. I'm around other people that are the shit. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. Uh, uh, and Jeff says no. Uh, 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 um, so this is what I got. I, I say I had to write it down because I feel like I was in class. This is really good. A lot of really good information. Amazing I said information. If, if you suppress, you gonna stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you confront how you feel, you can heal. Ooh. Mm. That's that been the deaf poetry jam. Hey, he got a whole book. <laughs> Nah, but it's it's really good to understand like and checking in with yourself. I yeah. think that's what's helped me. Uh, the self care. Mm, that's beautiful. Our village that's listening, like Anthony always says, self care is the best care. Amen. And uh, definitely make sure you check in with yourself and how you're feeling. And like if you are triggered by something, because I think that's in our adult life right now. Me and my wife are like, was I triggered by that? Was that something that did? And, I kind of spazzed out in that situation. I was a little overly emotional. Like mm-hmm. when I spoke to that person, like, let me go talk to them real quick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and today, like, I feel like the Holy Spirit, he's leading me to, uh, I just wanted to commend my brother, Jeff, like, because I've seen you do such an amazing change, bro. And mm-hmm. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I was thinking and praying about that this morning. And I was like, Jeff has changed amazingly. Mm. And I've literally like, there's a lot of people that talk about like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna change this part. I'm gonna do this part. I'm gonna do this part. Like, you know, but literally it's been like a whole night and day and I see you, I see you working, bro. And I just wanted to give you your flowers again and say like, you're, you're amazing, bro. And uh, is there anything you took away from this conversation we had today? Just be transparent, be honest. Um, Therapy is it's part of your journey. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's part of your journey. We all got to go through therapy and we all go through things. You know, and unfortunately, some are more, mm-hmm. certain situations are a lot more hurtful and traumatic compared to others. But there's resources that's out there to help you get through that hurt. And it's okay to take time. I think the biggest thing was the example that um, Heidi gave was that one of her clients mm-hmm. where it took her three years to mm-hmm. actually really truly open up or really get in depth um, with what was, tr- was triggering her. Mm-hmm. And it just lets you know that even though it may took three years, mm-hmm. it happened. Right. And that's the most important thing because yeah. now the journey continues. It's not a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a race. It's a marathon. Um, so, you know, just kind of just go through the process. Two things I learned. Another th- two things I learned. Part of what I've learned is time. Time is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is your story is beautiful. Never dim your story because once you get to that point of healing, mm-hmm. yo, it's beautiful. Yes. And it looks beautiful on you. And I believe that God wants you to share it if you're comfortable with people because 
they're also going to be in the healing process. And what do you feel? Uh, my last question to you, Heidi, is what is the biggest lesson that you feel like God is teaching you through your profession right now? Just right now in this season. Yeah, I think it's so important, um, like Anthony was sharing. And thank you guys so much for being so transparent today. Um, and always in your podcast. <laughs> Wait, before I answer the question, we're going to get back to the question. But I just want to acknowledge um, this space that you guys are providing. You men are providing for other men. Because it's not you don't see it a lot. And for you, for all of you to be able to acknowledge, like not just share about somebody's physical ability or, or strength or, you know, physical strength, but. To be able to say, hey, I see growth in you. That's beautiful. Um, so thank you for this space. Yeah. I would say the biggest lesson is that there is so much beauty in healing mm -hmm. and in learning Amen. to be your authentic self. Peace. Man, another one in the bag. Um, Heidi, first and foremost, we want to say thank you. So thank very you, much you. for joining us today, licensed therapist. And um, for those out there that have been listening, um, definitely, you can definitely Google um, NYC.gov uh, is a definitely great resource for medical attention and help. I, I use BetterHelp uh, for my therapy sessions. Uh, you can do therapy anywhere. It's virtual, in person. Yes. Uh, you can do counseling through your church if that's something that you would like to do. You can also search uh, through Psychology Today. Mm. You can you. Uh, or mm -hmm. Google find the therapist and you go to Psychology Today and you can um, do a specific search based off of your zip code. If you have insurance, um, yes. if there are any specific topics you want to address, mm -hmm. that's another way of finding the therapist. Thank you. And NYC well. Thank you so much. and. We hope we didn't offend anybody uh, with this with the subject matter. We definitely wanted to handle it to the best of our ability. Uh, we thank you, Heidi, so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. We thank very you much appreciate me. you. Thank you for loaning us your time and your knowledge. Fred, can you pray yourself, please? Absolutely. Thank you, sir. For everybody, God, we pray uh, that we definitely didn't offend anyone. We thank you that we're able to talk about the subject matter at hand. Uh, God, we pray that somebody can get healing from this conversation, that they can get help from this conversation, that they can get connected uh, from this conversation with the help that they need. We pray healing in the name of Jesus for minds and hearts. Uh, and we thank you so much for the platform. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Another one. Season two. Let's go. Let's go.